Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. We gotta get Jeff Johns. Hey, Trunks, on, say something. <clears throat> Trunkler, are you there? Uh-oh. Where the fuck is the Trunkler? Oh, he died. He's oh, hey, sorry. I didn't know I was unmuted. I was there taking a leak. He's taking a leak with four hot pockets. Taking in his a hand. leak. You had to put it on mute. I don't, want, I don't want you guys to think a racehorse was taking a piss over here. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm not an animal. Sometimes the, <laughs> sometimes the dips into the water. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. Uh, we're going to be doing another episode of The Stack tonight, and uh, let's go around the round table real quick to see what we got in the room. Uh, we got Robert D. Cross over in Canada. <laughs> we got the Bat Force Times in New York. Yeah, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, grab a hold of something quick. We got the Trunkler from uh, Chicago. Oh, shit. I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. I'm back. Uh, I'm back for time out in Southern Chile, California. It's so hot. Oh, my God. It was so hot today. But uh, going over some brand new books for DC. We are a week out of San Diego Comic-Con, but we're still definitely hyped over some of the announcements that came out of there. Uh, a lot of awesome statues and collectibles and uh, comics, in, comic stuff happening and movies that we're uh, going to be talking about all year round. But... Uh, let's get into the old stack for this week. We got a new issue of Batman, issue number 52. Uh, the Ooh. second issue in this freeze arc uh, after the disappointing events of Batman issue. Well, depending upon who you talk to, it's disappointing and not disappointing. <laughs> um, I would say that most of the Bat Force thoroughly enjoyed issue 50. Um, which uh, I'd like to say that when we were in San Diego and we saw Tom King... He immediately recognized us as far as uh, being supportive of him and not sending him death threats um, over the internet. And he was very thankful that we didn't want to kill him. So uh, he thanked us for that. And was, I, his ba- was his bodyguard nice? Yeah, his big his big bodyguard, David, was right behind him the whole time. I can't believe he has a fucking bodyguard. That is <laughs> fucking hilarious. The guy's dude. massive too, my, man. My, my favorite part of that whole thing was when Snyder tweeted a picture of himself with that dude. And said, "Hey Tom, I stole your guy." And then Tom, uh, Tom tweets back, "Cool." And it's a picture of him with what Greg and Frank, Frank I think it was, yeah, yeah. yeah from uh, from like the Midtown signing or something like that, oh, whatever it was. <laughs> oh man, that was so good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Tom King was uh, was there in full effect. Um, um, Clay Man, everybody, uh, Mitch Garrett's, um The only guy that was missing, it seemed like, was Capullo. He just recently moved to Arizona. So I what? think that oh, he had a lot going on. So yeah, he wasn't there. He wasn't at the con. I wonder um, if that has anything to do with like 
Todd the God McFarlane because he lives out in Arizona too, and that seems a bit random, but uh, it's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's Sedona. Sedona is a really nice area. Oh, if okay. anyone's been there, but it's like a a really nice like family retirement area. Like a lot of people move out there um, later huh. in life, and uh, but it's super super nice. Like the Grand Canyon's uh, not too far. So, but cool. any hoot. Um, issue fifty two of Batman, second issue of the the freeze arc, like we mentioned, and uh, it kind of reads like a tr- like a true crime, like a like a CSI kind of uh, issue. Yeah, it, um, it starts mm-hmm. off like you you can open up the first page and go dong dong. Yeah. <laughs> it was I like I like how they show. <laughs> No, I mean, you nailed it on the head there, boy. It's cool that, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the show, uh, The People vs. O.J. Simpson on FX. Yeah. Um, yep. And it, it showed, like, the chambers of the jury and what they go through and how they, like, are separated from the rest of society. And it's cool that they're showing that in this issue, too. They're kind of showing, like... Um, Bruce being a part of a jury and how everyone's pissed off because he's not going along with them and they all have real lives they have to get to and it's kind of showing like the process well, what's really cool is is the main it, the main part of the issue was kind of like him forcing them to kind of um, put the facts out and then put them in context so you kind of like backpedaled everything that they saw and kind of um, put everything in context in regards of like alright this is what we know happened but what does that mean, and and what it, you know, what's really going on behind the scenes? So, but, and uh, my my favorite part of this is sort of skipping uh, further along in that process, you know, where uh, Bruce is explaining how all of ev- everything that they know about the case, you know, uh, there are circumstances to it that you know they may be misinterpreting, you know, misassuming, <clears throat> and uh, my favorite part of that whole uh, theme of the issue was uh, Bruce questioning. We, I, it's very rare that we see this. Bruce is questioning the actions and effects of Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he <clears throat> explains how uh, back when he was a kid, you know, he seeing his parents murdered. You know, tell, tells the rest of the jury how he witnessed his parents be murdered and how terrifying it was but then even years later now that he's grown up he still has those moments where where he's terrified again you know that the fear comes back and that he thinks that that is that could be why uh freeze gave uh, a possibly false confession it was sure he he confessed to batman in the moment because he was getting his ass whooped and then that he was still confessing later because he was still in terror of of that moment. How many how many so issues? It's interesting to see him questioning uh, the uh, the tactics and results of Batman. Yeah, again, the contrast against the style of writing that he had for like the last arc with the Batcat stuff. How many issues is this going to be? Is it is it just? Uh, I think Got the it. next issue, yeah, it just says to be continued. It doesn't say to be concluded, so there might be another one after this. Uh, probably, after one, probably three, probably a three or four issue arc. I love yeah, so how maybe um, up to issue fifty-four. I love how Lee Weeks uh, drew Freeze. Oh my god! Right. 
Dude, I mean, while Robin was ta- uh, talking about, um, you know, the the fear and everything, didn't it, <clears throat> the art, did anybody else notice that when Bruce is talking about, uh, you know, fighting Freeze and everything, um, did you notice that Lee Weeks drew four different Mr. Freeze suits in one page? Yeah, almost like he's going down the history of them. Yeah, it was, uh, it was like Dr. Zero, and then, uh, you know, the uh, that, uh, like the... 66 Adam West kind of Mr. Freeze look. Yeah. And there were, there were even some splash pages where it's just like, holy shit. There's that one page where it shows Freeze blasting Batman with his gun. Yeah. And it's like a negative image where it's mm. all it's all inks except for the whites in the middle. That looks fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. And uh, when it he goes through the the panels where there's one page where it's just Batman is putting the beating on freeze and there's <laughs> just blood splattering. But then on the final page, the bottom left panel is just Batman kneeling there beside freeze, just in a pool of blood. And there was just pl- blood pouring off of his fist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As gruesome. Muy brutal. Muy, muy brutal. <clears throat> Uh, Trunkler, how do you compare this style of story uh, to some of the other Tom King stuff that we've seen? Excuse me. Um, I'm. I mean, this, this story arc has. Uh, I mean, been very fun to read. Um, I like how Tom King's able to show different styles of writing. Yeah. Um, I mean, from the. Like you know, the the Backheads uh, arc or the I Am Gotham arcs or anything like that. Um, this one was more kind of felt more um, like he did more research on you know like the legal system. I don't know, you know, what I'm saying like it kind of had that feel that it was more of a thinking story than just a you know like a comic story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and over at the Bad Force, we don't like to do it. We don't do a lot of thinking. We don't like it. It hurts. <laughs> But this one's all right, Temp King. We don't mind it. Well, and, you know, I mean, just like what Robin brought up about how you know, um, Bruce has always um, been fine with how his methods as Batman is by, you know, getting uh, criminals to confess and the way that he, you know, does autopsies and investigates the scene. But here, I mean, he's, like what Robin's saying, he's kind of going against He's arguing that Batman maybe did wrong, or you know you shouldn't just believe Batman just because he's saved your life when your house is on fire, or he stopped the criminals from robbing your store, like the other jurors. The other jurors just want to you know yeah. hang him. It's like and, he yeah yeah they're just saying yeah that well Batman found this we trust Batman, and of yeah. all people, Bruce is the one who it, it's like he he's realizing that he's in a compromised state because of his personal things that were going on and you know, he's even realizing that well maybe maybe he jumped to conclusions and uh, you know, maybe he was missing something maybe this wasn't what he thought it it was in the first place yeah it's like yeah. he he took all his rage and anger and he beat Freeze's <laughs> ass and he didn't think about what he was doing and now this yeah, is like that- it's a, well, um, yeah, it's his, oppor- it's his opportunity to kind of be like, oh man, I fucked up. Well, at least maybe I can influence a positive change or influence a positive outcome as Bruce Wayne in a sense. Well, and we, we, all, you know, we all know that Batman's very methodical and very detail-oriented. 
<clears throat> but when he was talking about, you know, the three women died because they, you know, basically were frozen. But then why didn't the GCPD corner kind of, and then I think Bruce started realizing, wait a minute, it's not just, you know, black and white. It's not this clear cut because Gordon said that he put his best people to do the autopsy and they didn't find any issues. But when Batman showed up, you know, like the brain stems were, you know, in freezing level, you know, freezing temperature. Yeah. So, you know, it's. So it's all very Pinteresting. Well, yeah, and then, like, Alfred even, you know, Batman shows him uh, kind of swinging, and Alfred even says, hey, you know, Master, are you, you know, Master Bruce, are you sure with recent events that just happened, should you be going out? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. But then later on in the issue, as we already talked, you know, he's just beating the fucking piss out of Mr. Freeze. Maybe, like, he's gone over the edge. He's not, his mind's not in the game right now. Yeah. It's also a cool issue because aside from flashbacks, I don't think he's ever Batman in this issue. I don't think there's no. Ever... Yeah, yeah, because we only we only have like, he's just for the duration of uh, this and the previous issue, he's he's still uh, sequestered. Yeah. And then Dick was Dick was posing as him in, in the last issue, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's a. Uh, not available as Batman at the current moment. Um, it'd be interesting to see how this plays out in the long run. I know that T- Tom King was saying at Comic Con that he's always planned this. Like he wasn't making shit up as he went along, and uh, mm-hmm. went to a spotlight panel. And it was funny because there was this one girl who was like, she went up to do a, to give him a question, and she goes, "I'm so mad at you, Tom King." And he's like, "I'm sorry." And then she like was, mm-hmm. and she was like asking him questions, and she was saying something. And she's like, I went back and I read every issue, and I did da 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 da. And she was saying something, and he goes, "You fucking nerd!" Like he <laughs> calls her out on it. But yeah, after which she explained that um, most of the story that he's gone through has been um, pretty, pretty uh, detailed as far as it's been planned out. And there's things that he adds here and there. He said that there might be some character interaction, there might be some plot points that he adds, but. Uh, he says overall the, the the story itself has been this big plot, this big plan that he's had since the first issue all the way to the last one. So 100 issues of thought-out plot is pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the end of that, at the end of that, uh, the, uh, was it issue 50? When you saw Bane, I was like, holy shit. Probably we don't have to get into that whole. Yeah, story. Well, I mean, you saw you saw everyone from the main from every major arc basically. Yeah, all the villains. All and there. Bane was, you know, he was running the show. He was like, and the, Hello! The, the biggest thing for me, well, I'm still waiting just to see what the uh, relevance of Bane having skeets was. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, so it's it's funny like to always hear and see people like um, complaining on Twitter. Like, I'm not pulling any more Batman issues. It's like, well, you're not going to fucking see the rest of the story that you just invested 50 issues on. <laughs> but uh, well, it's... I think, I, I think a lot of the people who were outraged about the the whole wedding issue thing, I think a lot of them possibly jumped on right around issue 24 where the proposal happened. Yeah, I agree. Because a lot of people, I think, were angry because they were there for the event of the wedding. Which as I opposed could... to the story. 
I guess I can understand a little bit, but if you take his run as a whole, you'd understand, especially after 50, oh, yeah. that it was it was never just about a proposal. It was never just about a wedding. And that was just kind of the the backdrop to what was actually happening. So, um, I've seen on Twitter that Dan DiDio is now getting a shit ton of heat. Now, they've turned their focus on uh, from Tom King, <laughs> and now it's Dan DiDio's fault that the Batman didn't get married. So, um I, I, all I do over here is just I make great comic books, okay? I bring in good writers, uh, good artists, put them on a good book, <laughs> and they just give me shit all day long. You know, <laughs> what do I have to do to win with these people? <laughs> or Dan. Don't forget, Dan also makes frequent appearances on Bat Force Radio. Every, every time I can, I, I try to pop in and say hi to the guys. You, know? <laughs> you guys doing good work. Keep on with the interviews, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <clears throat> Batman 52, very very awesome issue. If you're don't just pick up up 52, pick up 51 um, to, to understand what the hell's going on, um, because it's like it's like walking in the middle of a of a Law and Order episode halfway through. You can't do that. You got to watch from the beginning or else you're lost. So, all right, what's next on the old agenda? Um, yeah, yeah. Let's get to Justice League. This Justice was a. Uh, Yes, yeah. This is uh, an interesting change of pace for uh, Justice League. This is now Scott said that every fifth issue was going to be a Legion of Doom issue, and this is the first one. So, right on the right on the cover, Justice League is is crossed out with Legion of Doom, mm-hmm. and this issue is uh, James Tynan and Doug Mankey. Mm-hmm. Is is it just mm-hmm. mere? Does I mean. When when I see Doug Mankey draw like especially villains, they just look so much more terrifying than you know some of the other artists. That's just yes, got a little, got a nice little touch. more more evil, more sinister, if you will. I heard it's because he presses down on the pen a little bit more, so the lead <laughs> he picks up more pressure on the lead, and also the inks. Um, he dips the ink, the quill, in the ink for a little bit longer. So that's the trick for all you all you artists out there. Or so I've heard. Um, that uh, likely comes from his uh, powerlifting background. There it is. <laughs> Trunkler, have you been keeping up with the first four issues of this monster of a story? Yes, sir. I had to go back. I think the last time we covered an issue, I had to reread each all four, and I had to do a little outline for myself because there's so much goddamn stuff going on at the same time. Yeah. And um, I'm going to bring it up right now. Here it is. Yeah. Um, so the issue kind of plays out a little bit like uh, a flash. Part of it is a flashback to how Luthor is uh, recruiting members of his Legion of Doom. So it, it gives you kind of a background understanding as to why those individuals are there and how he approached each one and how he got them to join him. Because it seems like everyone was not in the mood to join his shit. But uh, he promised them some interesting things, and so they couldn't say no. Um, uh, so, yeah. Who wants to wants to go through it a little bit? I'll, I'll listen to you talk for a few minutes. <laughs> God damn it. <clears throat> From what I got, essentially, is um, he was time-traveling... Uh, and it talks about where did he get the technology again? It, it says that he was messing with it for uh, a while. Well, he had uh, 
uh, part of it was that he had deconstructed his mother box. Yeah, he cracked open a mother box yeah. like a, like an egg. Yeah, and, and he MacGyvered it. Yeah, he made some kind of a device that um, I think he said then he was actually traveling uh, through the Speed Force, wasn't he? Did he say that was specifically the Speed Force? Mayhaps no. perchance. I know they mentioned the Speed Force at some point when he when he talks to Grodd after he comes back and explains how he can like bypass it and beat it. But he goes, is it a million years into the future? I yeah. believe so, yeah. A million so he goes a million years into the future and he sees that was it a statue or was it like a like a um like a hologram? It looked kinda? like a hologram, right? Yeah. Okay, I found it. Uh, I don't know if he used the speed. It does say uh, he was adrift in hyper time, jumping okay. timeline to timeline. Oh, damn. Timeline to timeline. That's pretty nutty. So he might even be skipping through like uh, the multiverse a bit. Um, anyhow, so yeah, he goes a million years in the future and he sees that there's this gigantic, either it's a statue or it's a hologram of himself being projected. And it looks like present day Luthor. And then he sees what looks like it looks like a Joker looking slash. It looks like a Joker in a Luthor suit, and uh, he starts asking like, "What the hell's going on? Where am I? What is this?" And then they say that, "Oh, we've been expecting you because of the way the energy's been shifting. We've known that someone from the 21st century was going to come, and we, you know, we knew it was going to be you." And so uh, they explained to him that the reason that they've they've made this like uh, statue to him is because they celebrate him, but not as like a conqueror or like a like a positive figure they they celebrate him as like a um as a tragic figure because he had like all this power and wealth and uh he wasn't able to use it to like make his meet his destiny until after because it like there was there were the key the key to his success was in front of him the whole time but he didn't know it and yeah, he he overlooked something yeah which and that I like how this issue then explains why in the first issue he blows up that meeting hall, so, or he either blows yeah. it up or he burns it to the ground. But in the first issue he like blew, burns some meeting hall to the ground, and I was like, why would he do that? It didn't explain anything. So then it takes you back and it it lets you know that that was owned by his father, and so he he did that in order to like uncover an underground passage uh, to. A hidden area that he was trying to find clues which he does and he finds like um um he finds clues that are like written in what i mean it, it was it's so nuts this whole and i even asked him when i was at one of the panels i was like scott what the fuck dude like where do you get all this shit like where where does all this shit come from and how do you guys you know because there's multiple uh authors that writers that work with him williamson and tynan and um other guys and i was like how do you guys put up with this shit and so um yeah, it's just he 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 basically figured out that um, there's a force or a power or an energy that allows him to have the potential to. And I'm still confused on what the hell his motivation is. Is it just to like it, it's they call, it's called the doom or it's like um, the little symbol that he talks about and it's also on the knob that he has. Um, no, let's not talk about his knob. <laughs> But oh, from my understanding, it's like what gives him absolute power over like everything, and it gives him the ability to kind of like even control or overcome the speed force to control the 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 spectrum of the emotional spectrum. Uh, it gives him the ability yeah. to unleash uh, 
the ultraviolet still force yeah so all these things and uh and it, it basically tells him that like everything he tried to do as a hero in and no justice and, and before that was all for nothing because it's almost like like it's almost like the fucking Sith, where you know you could be a hero, but there's more power in being an, a bad guy. There's more power in the Sith, in the dark side, and so he's kind of like understanding that now after he's uncovering these secrets and all these things. And um, he he comes back from the future, and he tries to like reverse engineer the technology, but the one thing that he remembers is the symbol of doom, and so he uses that symbol to kind of go around explaining to people what he's seen and what's happened and he goes to Grodd, he goes to um what's his name Sinestro um who else does it show him talking to um it basically sh- and you know that's how he that's how he destroys Vandal Savage too he smashes him in the face with a fucking uh, doorknob um and so he's he's showing how he's able to collectively uh grab these bad guys uh to come onto his side and he offers each of them something different to be able to sway them to join his uh, Legion of Doom um, to the point where it then flashes forward and it, it shows you that he's infiltrated Superman's body and he's attached himself to what it looks like is uh, the cerebral cortex, um, the the little fissure in the brain where the left hemisphere meets the right hemisphere. It looks like he's like attached himself mm-hmm. right there and that's how he's controlling Superman. And uh, he's got the fuck. He's now he's in control of a god, basically, um, to kind of do whatever he wants. And that's kind of how the uh, issue ends. But uh, what I liked about this issue is that it's starting to answer questions as far as like that first that first issue has so much little things that like I remember when we first read it, we were like, "What does that mean? What did this mean? What did this mean?" <laughs> um, they still haven't really shown an answer to all of it. <clears throat> My the thing that I want to see the most is what the hell the flashbacks were when Vandal Savage is dying and he like he omits his like he he like he like show he like uh gives that to Martian Manhunter. I don't know if he gives it to him like um on purpose or if he just kind of sends it out as yeah, he's dying. Or if it was just like yeah, just like a, a psychic scream. Yeah. But uh those images that Martian Manhunter saw, like there's that they all mean something. So I definitely want to see what the hell that's all about. Um <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's uh, it was a cool uh, issue that essentially just shows what Luthor's, you know, what his motives are in, in total, and why he's kind of turned from being a hero or, you know, whatever you want to say that he was. Why he's completely turned away from that, and now he's gone back to his old evil ways, and how he was able to kind of. Uh, oh, you know what else was a badass part of this issue, is when um, they take over Vandal Savage's uh, lair, and. <clears throat> They're talking about how they uh, they they made a, a torture chamber, or they didn't call it a torture chamber. They called it a um, what do they call it? Inter- interrogation. Mm-hmm. They create like an interrogation yeah. chamber, and the Joker tested it out on himself. Yeah, after yeah after upgrading it. <laughs> yeah, and there was but a that cheetah. Quote from, yeah, <laughs> where it says she didn't know it was more frightening seeing all the blood or hearing the laughter. <laughs> That's pretty brutal. So, and then the issue <laughs> ends with uh, what's basically some fourth wall breaking, you know, because uh, the narrator starts talking to the reader and is imploring the reader to stop uh, being what they think they're supposed to be. You know, what society says you should do to to be good. Yeah, <clears throat> and just embrace what 
what you are, you know, do whatever it is you are to uh, to reach your potential. <laughs> yeah, so it's being like yeah, you're just convincing people to to be bad. That's that's basically like the the satanic mo like that's like the Church of Satan, like the satanic church. That's like forget anything, whatever yeah. whatever makes you um, better or whatever <clears throat> whatever helps you individually. Do that above everything else. Like you know, don't do anything yeah. for the greater uh, I, good. I believe I believe it's do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. There you go. <clears throat> so when I read that, I was like, damn, this shit is satanic as fuck. So I was all about it. <laughs> so it was it's definitely a very evil issue. Um and it's interesting to see that it was written completely by Tynan, right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't see either either any story credits for Scott, so it's like I think they probably just talked about it and then he's like, Alright, just write this one. Um so that was pretty cool to see. That uh they're so attuned to each other that, that they are able to write each other's stories and uh pretty much stick right to it and add and and attach on to different things so yeah especially a story that's kind of made you when you got done with each issue you'd be like okay what the fuck did i just read yeah <laughs> and you know let, let me go back and read it again it's good stuff though man like it's cool because oh, yeah. this is definitely what snyder needed to be able to kind of um let let him walk like stretch his legs out because a lot of people didn't like his style on Batman because it was very it, it wasn't to this level though but it was it was very much like big picture stuff you know it wasn't ground level Batman it wasn't like street mm-hmm. Batman which is I think what people wanted you kind of like in the detective stuff but um, this is perfect for Snyder because it's he can go as fucking big and wide as he wants and it will make <laughs> sense because it's the Justice League you know so you can get big you can get crazy you can go on to different planets and timelines and no one's going to question you on it. No one's going, I just want to see Batman in the streets. You know, <laughs> I just want to see him putting his tights on one leg at a time. So. In his underwear on the outside. Yeah. Batman wasn't even in this issue. <clears throat> no, not but, at all. Uh, it's some oh. good shit, man. So it's, it's cool to see that he's creating something so huge. And then I did hear a lot of times when we went to the spotlight panel in San Diego, a lot of people were like, this reminds me a lot of Morrison's Bat, or... This reminds me a lot of Morrison's Justice League. And Tynan uh, specifically said, he's like, when Scott was telling me what he wanted to do with this Justice League, my first thing was, all right, I want to write it like like Morrison, but not do Morrison, but take cues from what he did and write it in our own style. So that's pretty cool yeah. to hear. Like, they're just going fucking big and crazy, blowing up the moon and shit. Huge. Yeah. Um, I hope they do this for a while see because you know I don't know Scott uh, has talked about that Batman project that he's that's going to be on Black Label right Uh, Last Night on Earth with Greg yeah 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 it's Black Label yeah so who knows if uh, I'm hoping he continues to do Justice League even after that but I think all that Black Label stuff's not coming until like next year right uh there's at least uh, we get the first black label stuff. Uh, I know Damned is out September nineteenth. Wow. Okay. Perdit's coming Damn. up. Very nice. All right. So but, Justice uh, League. I think Scott said something about his initial plan for Justice League being like a year long or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. I could see that. I could definitely see that. 
taking it nice and easy and letting it flow out. <clears throat> Very nice. All right, what's up next? For anyone reading Deathstroke uh, over the last few issues, uh, Priest has been writing this Deathstroke versus Batman arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, this issue, you know, it's continuing the the path that they've been on against each other, but you get deeper into the involvement of their families, and uh, it the the issue ends with a really really good fight scene between the two of them. Uh, events of the last couple issues, uh, basically, it stems from. Uh, Batman exploiting weaknesses of Deathstroke's uh, icon suit. Uh, that Deathstroke switches back to his old school suit with the, the pirate boots and everything. Mm. And uh, <laughs> as they battle in the Batcave, Deathstroke is in this old school suit while Batman is wearing what's essentially his hush look. So we've got the two of them in old school looks just beating the living shit out of each other in the Batcave. And that's about all that you need to know to, to pick this up. <laughs> um, and then, uh, the, the, did, you, did you guys see what the variant cover looks like? Who is that? Is that Matina? Uh, yes, I, mean, I believe that is a Matina. Yeah. Holy shit. Basically, just it's a, I think it's a red background. Batman stand there. You see like a, like a tombstone behind him, and he's holding like a tattered, ripped up Deathstroke mask. Um, Damn, I want to, Robin, can I, can I tell you my theory on this issue? Yeah, go um, nuts. Especially with that fight scene at the end, so I'm sorry I'm going to spoil it for the guys who haven't read it yet, but um, this is, okay, um, <laughs> uh, you know, basically, you know, Bruce is talking to, you know, to Dick and Damien, um, Deathstroke takes, you know, takes Bruce down to the Batcave, but entire time he's not Deathstroke never calls Bruce or insinuates that Bruce is Batman so remember that one right before the fight scene well previously Dick's I don't know when Dick and Damien found out that Deathstroke is in the mansion uh, Dick tells Damien hey I'm gonna go get my gear and let's go through you know sector five or whatever um, then when uh, the slate is taking Bruce down the steps of into the bank cave. The lights cut out, and when they kick back on, that's when you see that double splash page. And I was thinking, what if, you know, what if that was Dick Grayson? That was my first initial reaction. So they can, well, so Bruce can still, you know, so he so Slade doesn't find out that Bruce is Batman. I don't know. Uh, the the way I read it, because. Uh, Dick and Damien, they were, uh, after they made that plan, Alfred shows up with, uh, Wintergreen and they're telling them, you know, you're, you're not getting involved in this. And then, uh, the FBI or whatever show up. So they're dealing with all that. Yeah. See, when I was, yeah, you know, when I was reading it, I saw that and I didn't even see Dick and Damien. I'm that panel with the feds, so... Well, I guess my theory is shot out the fucking water. So <laughs> never mind. Sorry about that. You can edit. No problem. That'd you can edit really that out. <laughs> well, because, I mean, like I said, when I was reading it, I just didn't even... I didn't even realize that Dick and Damien were in the background with the FBI agent. 
And then the next panel is when Slade takes him down in the back cave. Well, sorry, Tom and Bad Forks Times, I just spoiled the book for you. So, but uh, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna leave it there. That fight scene and their suits, fuck me. That, that yeah, the, this this arc's been getting. Uh, it's largely been getting better issue by issue. Oh yeah, and what there's there's one more part, isn't there? Like uh, the next issue is the last uh, of the arc. Yes. The conclusion, I think, yeah, the finale at the, the end of this issue, that last, that crazy last page, mm-hmm. uh, says that the next issue is the finale. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it how the bottom it says, Maury reads the results. Yeah, that, that was funny. <laughs> For anybody that doesn't uh, know, this arc to the paternity about, test stuff. Yeah, the the whole arc is kind of uh, questioning if Damien is the son of Slade or the son of Bruce. So, for anybody who's not caught up yet. But no, another solid issue. Uh, nice writing. The art was great. That little, you know, the, the throwbacks that they did. Um, solid issue. So, where the, um, uh, wonder where Charles is at. Probably. I out. Uh, I'm just listening, boys. Sounds oh, good. Okay. Didn't know if you were uh, ducking out of here and <laughs> some spoilers or something. Uh, chunks, chunks got me good. <laughs> Go to Martha's. <laughs> Why did you say that cake? Oh man. <laughs> so how long is the uh, three jokers? What is it, like a three issue arc or something? Yeah, I yep. think it's like forty five pages each. Damn. Getting uh, fabric designs say- for characters, getting a fabric Batmobile. Did he say anything like did he give me kind of like a a hint or an off-the-record hint of, you know, nothing spoilers, but, you know, like, anything about the actual story? Yeah, he, he dropped uh, some clues and stuff. and He said that the that teaser image is full of clues about the story that you won't get until you've read it. Yeah. See, I was about to pull that image up and start analyzing it. <laughs> well, well, if you look at it, it's the death of the family, death in the family Joker, killing joke Joker, and Brian Azzarello, Libra Merho Joker. Yeah. And there's, like, I started looking at little details of it, and there's only one Joker on there. It's the sort of the Bermeo Azzarello one is the only one that's not smiling. Huh. The other two have smiles on their face. Oh, and yeah. the, the, that one, he's not smiling, and he has his fingers over his lips. Yeah, I'm pulling that image right now, boy. You wanna, um, that's the Instagram page of The Bat Force, where you can find all these awesome images. <laughs> Absolutely. So Says you're going to have to listen to that Fabuck interview, Trunkler. Yeah, I'm gonna, um, that posted up, right? We're still going to have to uh, get everybody on for a San Diego experience talk episode, you know? Yeah, Having whatever. you guys tell uh, tell your stories. Yeah, absolutely. We, we gotta get uh, Teases and uh, Sean Risley also, yep. and Legends. Oh, uh, did you get uh, did you get Bermeo prints from San Diego? Uh, uh, Legends. From that, that, the one from that panel? Legends did. Because right, uh, I don't know how many uh, Legends got, but uh, Risley got some extras. He's uh, mailing me a pair. Very nice. So, Damn. You know, maybe you can uh, get hooked up. Yeah, Legends got me, I think, one. And the way you described it was that 
in that panel, the the audience that was there during that panel was predominantly anime kids that had been there from the panel previous. That's right, yeah. And were staying and waiting for the one after it that was, I guess, like another anime one. Yeah. So it sounds like it's run like Hall H where, you know, the audience is allowed to just stay there, mm-hmm. but people filter in and out for for each uh, each panel that comes along. Yeah, Legend says he just asked around for kids that didn't want any. But uh, yeah, he said, uh, like Sean said, that because there were so many kids there that you know weren't there for, for Batman stuff, they weren't taking any of the prints so that he was able to just grab extras. Nice. Do you think he would do you think it'd be out of place to for me to send him a message asking if he had one? Tell him yeah. you know who the fuck I am. Yeah, so <laughs> fucking sure. Sure. How's the weather up there? <laughs> there I'm the one who shall not be present on the podcast. So they gotta ask where the fuck I am. The general trunks, boy. He who shall yeah. not be present. Better recognize, boy, you heard. I hear you don't like deep dish. Fuck <laughs> 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 off. Go, go, go eat a Coney Island dog. With. <laughs> the, the conversation will end up going like uh, when uh, the other branch is uh, trying to take Stanley from Scranton. And Michael calls up to talk to the to the branch's best employee. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, the conversation goes very badly. It is didn't everyone from didn't everyone from Stamford quit? It's like, no, I fired them. And you're next. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with you messaging him with hopes of uh, scoring some Brumeo prints and end with you screaming at him about deep dish. Hey, well, there was that one time he said something about deep dish, and I commented saying, "Yeah, you probably get one. You probably went to some bullshit second-rate <laughs> pizzeria here in the city." He's like. No, I went to Giordano's. I'm like, I'll, I'll show you. I'll, I'll, I'll take it to a real place. He's like, well, oh, I'll be there next year. I said, all right. Oh, shit. Trunks is like, all right, bloke. Yeah. Suddenly, Giordano's was not the real place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot where he said, but I'm just like, damn. Yeah, I, I remember the conversation. I believe it I believe it was Giordano's that he said he went to. And then when you said you'll take him to a real place, like, damn, there's somewhere more real than Giordano's? That's the place you talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's like someone telling crap uh, they don't like Shake Shack. And they're like, oh, I'll take you to the real the real I'll take place. you to the real Shake Shack. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you went to uh, the shitty Shake Shack. Dude, yeah, you got to order off the menu. They got a secret menu, I heard. Fucking. A lot of places, a lot of places do a secret do. menu. Yeah. Like yeah. Subways do uh, secret menus and stuff. Uh, like, I guess, like, even McDonald's has secret menus. Hmm. Does In N Out have secret menu? Yep. <laughs> In N Out invented the yeah, secret the, menu, boy. The, 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 the pass you have to know the passwords it's out and in mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it like has an elevator that drops you down from the main floor <laughs> there used to be i used to watch these youtube videos of this guy that worked at subway who would always he goes don't be afraid to ask them to make you anything at subway they'll make you anything you want and like he used to make like uh meatball sandwiches wrapped like he would make each meatball individually wrapped with a slice of bacon Mm-hmm. And like a bunch of, he used to get crazy with his with his sandwiches. You know what I would do? I would go there, go all right, Italian herb, bread, and then what do you want? I go, just put cookies on it. 
just put the cookies. <laughs> and, then heat, and then heat it up and then see what they do. Uh, a friend of mine used to work at a subway, and uh, he would he got stuck with a lot of like you know middle of the afternoon shifts in like during the week. So you know, except for lunchtime, it was largely dead. So he'd be bored and he'd just call like, "Hey, uh, I'm at work. Come hang out for a bit." And you knew that come hang out for a bit meant you'd get a free sandwich because uh, like they're their business model you know is like if they're making your sandwich and they fuck it up then they throw it away and start over again so you just you know start making your sandwich the way you know the way he knows you like it and you go oops messed it up this one's garbage and just give it to you <laughs> they fuck it they fuck it up oh put it, i put an extra slice of cheese on that sandwich this one's yours <laughs> I want to see where they get trains, like how they know where to, like how to place four slices of cheese on top, and how they put two two buckets, two <laughs> mini buckets of uh, the chicken before it. It's like you know, I want to see what. Well, like on. all the cheese, like the stuff, like the cheese comes on. You think like there's a manual? The wax, it's on those. The cheese is on those sheets of wax paper. So yeah. they just grab a sheet of wax paper. Put it on and peel the paper off, and you know the cheese stays there. So that's the servings all broken. They could probably train chimps to do that job. <sighs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and aside from like you know all the all the hair they'd get in the food. I get a hairnet, some Good. latex gloves. You know, again, it's like that that clown that Krusty the no that chimp that Krusty the clown yeah. has. <laughs> That's that was were... the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> the smoking chimp. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Subway now. <laughs> Eat fresh. Wasn't that guy a pedophile or something? The guy that started it? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Jared. Big time. Jared, yeah. Big time. He's getting that fucking foot long uh, in a different way these days, huh? Up his ass. Ooh. <laughs> five dollar foot <laughs> five dollar commissary foot longs boy fucking oh, cheers let's rip a quick outro before we forget well Robbie can't say it so yeah, yeah. I know line's gone he hates when he can't say a-hole it a-hole decided to show up <laughs> yeah well that does it for us here the Lone? bad force I think we should have Trunks say where the fuck is grandpa Batman where, is, where the fuck go. is the grampler the grandpa. <laughs> he, he'd be on the low with Levi making those deals on a fucking Saturday night. Go ahead. He ain't rehearsed. Go ahead, Trunks. Let her rip. I've had it, Trunks. This is your day, boy. <laughs> Where the fuck's Gramps? Damn. <laughs> fucking Damn. Lego working that Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Gramps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, Playing with Legos, baby. Yeah, baby. Grandpa Batman, yo. Bat Force Radio. You you gotta check him out, baby. (laughs) 